0: Welcome to Feminist Erotica, a podcast from Rebellious Magazine for Women. Join Jera, Karen, and Princess for stimulating interviews that explore feminist representations of desire, as well as short and sweet erotic snippets read by the authors themselves. This episode is sponsored by Just the Tip, Rebellious Magazine's inclusive sex and relationship advice column. Where you'll find interviews with sexuality researchers and educators as well as compassionate responses to anonymous questions check it out at rebelliousmagazine.com slash just dash the dash tip
1: welcome back listeners Last week, we brought you three excerpts from the newest volume of the Best Lesbian Erotica of the Year Anthology and a bonus story from the anthology's editor, Sinclair Sexsmith. This week, we're highlighting part of our live interview with them. First up, you'll hear from Sinclair talking about exploring what erotica is. How does one decide what is and isn't erotic? Next up, you'll hear from writers Rain de Grey and Mary Burns, Explaining why kink is an important part of their own writing, and thoughts on whether it's becoming the norm in queer and lesbian relationships. A
2: lot of the what I was chewing on in this particular anthology is around just what is erotic at all, and what what kind of acts are erotic what do people find erotic and is is erotic more than just the sex acts or the genital based acts and as many of the stories talk about and find they it it definitely is and some of the most erotic work I've ever read has not been about sex you know it's been about I don't know something amazing uh, something else amazing I mean I'm thinking of like the opening of Octavia Butler's book fledgling which is like she's like literally eating flesh and it's the most erotic it's so beautiful or um the book perfume where he's uh such a like i don't know what he's called but like a super smeller kind of person he's like super sensitive to scents, and so all of the scents are described it's incredibly erotic um i mean he's also kind of a murderer so that gets eroticized as well but that's and it's also an amazing novel but both of those like they're not novels of erotica but they're so erotic to me I truly believe that
3: I don't I haven't done scientific research but I, I it's how you were born it's what your innate wiring is and just like you can be like okay I'm going to be vanilla and I'm, I'm not going to admit my sexuality I'm going to get the white picket fence and I'm going to toe the line for society but you're never being your honest true self and I have never been very good at suppressing my honest true self. My mother busted me doing live action role play abduction fantasies at the age of eight in front of the linen closet because I was getting pillowcases to put over my head to imagine that I'd been abducted. And my mom's like, okay, well, and there was no touchy uncles. Like it was, this is how I was born. This is who I am. And I didn't have parents that shamed me. Um, I mean, I certainly have lesbian, hippies. (laughs) hippies. <laughs> they're, they're too busy meditating to shame anybody. <laughs> I've certainly had lesbian friends that, and, 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 that, and partners that had no interest in kink, but kink is a huge cornerstone of my sexuality and I can't untangle it. And I'm also my true and authentic self. And when you are your true and authentic self, you attract others that are interested in the same energy.
4: I just think I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think, you know, it's, it's an across the board thing, whether you're uh, straight or gay. I mean, not that I'm running out there looking for straight kink, but somehow uh, I stumbled upon Tumblr like four years ago. Of course they booted it, you know, it, it was definitely a lot of uh, kink there and then they booted us. And a lot of people went over to bdsmlr.com and i I followed because there were a lot of people posting things that I followed and I kind of like their photographs. I'm a voyeur at heart and I just love looking at certain things. But then I realized I don't necessarily need all the kink. I like reading about it. But for me now, less is beginning to get to be more, I want erotica. And it's really hard to draw that line and find what is, what is erotic to people like Sinclair was talking about. It's, it's different for everyone.
1: In this next highlight you'll hear from writer june amelia rose on how her coming out process identifying as a lesbian and beginning to write erotica are all connected and we end with sinclair explaining why they believe this anthology and lesbian erotica in general are so important uh
5: yeah i identify as a lesbian although like i think as time goes on it becomes more and more like blurred and like I think some people are really scared of that and sometimes I am but it's kind of comforting and it's cool to like kind of like explore different things and not have to be like completely rigidly defined but like obviously I still like identify as a lesbian and like I guess the way I would say it is I mostly date other lesbians or dykes or people who have some sort of affinity for that. So I had always really wanted to be a writer. Like it was like my like goal in life, but I didn't feel like I had anything worth writing about. And then after I came out, I suddenly felt like I had a lot to write about.
2: I'm so I'm just like so touched by Cleus that I can even be part of this series. You know, it was so instrumental to me coming out in the late 90s the finding the books and just uh, being in an, aw- like, you know, like I couldn't afford them. So I just sit in the back of the bookstore and read them. And I just, they just changed my world in so many ways. So it feels amazing. When I got my first story published, it was in Best Lesbian Erotica 2006. And just to be part of the series feels important and valuable. And I love being in a lineage. Like that really matters to me too, as a queer person, like to feel like I have these other queer writers in the past that have been Come before me and written all this dirty stuff and you know have I really feel like I want to honor what they've done so that feels really cool to be in that line. Going back to your other question of like why is it important? That's that feels like something that I'm constantly thinking about and writing about and I'm sure that there's um, pieces of that just in the mission of my work so that bleeds into everything where uh, having validation and um just like undoing the shame that happens from having a non-conventional desire and basically all desire is non conventional to be fair i mean there's very little room for what kind of desire is acceptable so having these non-conventional lives non-conventional bodies non-conventional desire we never get enough validation for that and so i think that leaning into that and writing about it or thinking about it reading other people's ideas about it is kind of radical and can be a liberational act and can be transformative even as a, as a writer or a reader.
0: Feminist Erotica is a podcast from Rebellious Magazine for Women, hosted by Jara Brown. Princess McDowell, and Karen Hawkins. If you have an idea for a future episode or want to share your thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at feministerotica at rebelliousmagazine.com. Follow us on Instagram at Feminist Erotica Podcast, on Facebook at Feminist Erotica, and on Twitter at Feminist Erotic. And make sure you subscribe to us wherever you devour podcasts.